0: Today is good. So we're up to Yud Chesem and Aleph, second line. So just to review, we made a point that the, the, gem, the Gemara said that I have a proof that Goyim uh, inherit the, their fathers biblically. Meaning when a guy dies, his son Min Torah inherits his father by Goyim. All Goyim. Why? Because there's a special pasuk that says that when a Jew is a slave by a guy and then the master dies, he does not have to serve the son... The fact that this special Pesach, again, the Pesach says, uh, w- what's the Pasik? The Pesach says, v'chishevim uh, uh, keneyu, He'll deal with his, uh, his master, So the implication is that he doesn't have to serve the son. Oh, that proves that there is Yerusha, because if there wasn't Yerusha, what are a Pasuk for If there's no Yerusha, then of course you're not going to have to serve the son. The fact that the Pasuk specifically has to exclude the son implies that there's generally Yerusha. That's the first source. The Gemara now gives two other sources. I also agree that a father... It, that a son inherits his father by Goyim in HaTorah. But what's the source? Because the Apostlech says, Ki Yerusha nasati is harseir. As inheritance to Esav, I gave him his har- harseir. Esav and his descendants get harseir. Esav is a guy So you see, there's Yerusha by Goyim. So the Gemaris is very interesting. Oh, so the Gemaris says, Dilma Yisrael Mumershani. That's a very interesting Gemara. Maybe Esav is a, a Jew that's off the derech. I do you know that he's Gaish? He's technically a twin with Yaakov. So if Yaakov's Jewish, maybe Esav is also a Jew. Not to say that he is a Jew, but maybe. Meaning it's not a great source. We'd rather straight up Ga'im than than uh, than Esau, who's uh, ambiguous what he is. So the Gemara says, "Okay, you're right." El Mihachah. The pasuk says, Ne Light is Ar Yerusha." The pasuk says that the city of Ar was given as inheritance to the children of Light. Now the children of Light are definitely Ga'im. They're not from Avram's, uh, uh, you know, line. And, uh, and the Pesach says they get inheritance. Okay, fine, that's the second source. Why did Rav Chiyab Ha-Rav not like the source that we had yesterday? That the Pesach says you deal with your master and the implication is not the son of the master, which was a source. The answer is, it doesn't say you don't deal with the son. It just says you deal with the master. You were deducing that you don't serve the son. Who said Maybe you should. The Pusach never says that. The Pusach just says that you should, would reckon when you're buying your way out, deal with your master. You deduce from this, the implication is dafka the master and not the son of the master. That's a deduction. I I don't know if that's true. Maybe you should serve the son. Therefore, because that was a little ambiguous, uh, Ravchi Baroven gave his own source, and the source was that the children of light have an inheritance. The Gemara says... The time, of Rav, And Rava who said yesterday the source of the Kishemim Kaneyu, what's his problem with the children of light? Why is that not a good source? The answer is Mishim Kvoy de Perhaps generally Gaim do not have an inheritance. I the children of light do. Maybe that was for covet of Avramavinu. That his nephew's descendants should have uh, inheritance. Meaning maybe generally Goyim don't have an inheritance. I, the children of do. that's a cover of Avramavinu. Avinu. They, they, they get him Mitzvah, their relationship to Avramavinu. But maybe generally Goyim do not. And therefore he didn't feel that that was a good source. Okay, so this Brysa, we're going to do a Brysa that's very cryptic. We have to sort of tear apart each line. The Bryson says as follows, there are laws that apply to a male slave as opposed to a female slave, Jewish, and there are laws that apply to a female slave that do not apply to a man. So far that makes sense. I can tell you right now before we continue, female slaves leave by uh, the age of 12 uh, males do not and males get the piercings females do not so that should be easy but the Bryce goes a little bit different yeish beivri what are the laws that are specifically related to men hu yoytze a male slave will leave by the end of six years ube yoyvel umises with the death of the master as opposed to a female slave now pause that's not true a female slave also leaves with all these three things so that's a strange thing again the Bryce is saying the uniqueness of males is that they leave after the end of six years, they leave by Yoival, uh, and they leave by the death of the Master, as opposed to a female slave. That's not true. A female slave also leaves by all three. So put that aside. And what's the uniqueness of a female slave? She leaves when she uh, reaches the age of maturity. Okay. Another halacha, that so far we know. Another halacha that we don't know, and that's what we're going to focus a lot today. You cannot sell a female slave twice. Meaning... Who sells the female slave? She's under bat mitzvah and she's sold by her dad. Her father cannot sell her twice. So that would mean that if, let's say, she is sold at slavery at the age of 10, then her master dies, so she goes free. The father cannot sell her again. It is a one one ace up the sleeve, a one-time sale only. Okay. Another thing that's unique is that you redeem her against his will, who the his is? Whose will are? Is it against? We will analyze. All of these are not related to men. Meaning, male slaves can be sold multiple times, and male slaves are not redeemed against their will. So we'll we'll figure out what this means. Okay. Amar Maar. let's. So a female slave cannot be sold twice. Is redeemed against, her will. against his will, we don't know who his is. Is it her dad's? Is it the master's? We'll have to figure it out. We don't know what this means. We're going to have to analyze this entire Brysa. So let's analyze the first part. The Brysa said that there's a uniqueness for men that don't apply to women, and that is that a man leaves by Shonim, by Yoivol, and by Misesa as opposed to women. The problem is, women also leave with all those three things. So that it's not different. The Braisa start off by saying that there are laws that apply to men and not women. And what was the halacha? That the male slaves leave with those three things as opposed to women. But that's not true. Or many have a contradiction. A female slave leaves with all those three plus maturity. So what are you saying that they don't leave? You're telling me that according to this Braisa, a female slave does not leave after six years? Of course she does. So what are you talking about? So the answer is, The case is where there was Yud. Yiud means that the master marries her. So what the Bryce is saying is that a, a, a female slave does not leave after six years, doesn't leave after Yeovil, doesn't leave after the death of the master, if she married the master or his son. Why? Because you're married now, right? It's very simple. You don't leave because you're married. You know, A, a, a wife leaves with a get. So the Bryce's point is if she did Yehud and she married either the master or his son, she doesn't leave at Yeovil. Why? Because she's not a slave anymore. She's a wife. Okay. Now by the way, yeah, the Gemara says, Shita, it's Yeah, okay, fine. What's the of the That a woman, after marriage, after she marries the master, she doesn't leave? Yeah, because she's not a slave, she's a wife. She needs a get. So the Gemara says, You might think, you might think that even though she married the master, she should still be able to leave by Yoival, meaning, you might think that this marriage, because this marriage is a weird marriage. I'll tell you why. Again, as I said yesterday, he doesn't give her Kesef Kedushim. He, he basically says to her, will you marry me with the purchase money that I paid? So because that Kiddushan is a little different, you might think she still gets to leave at Yovel without a divorce. Kamashola, no, you're married, you're married. Okay, now here's the strange part. The Bryce, So let me reread the Bryce. The Bryce says, these do not apply to women. Leaving after six years, leaving after Yovel, leaving after the death of the master. And we said, what do you mean? I thought she does. When she married the guy. But when does she leave? When she has maturity, when she reaches 12. If she's married, she doesn't leave at 12 either. So what are you talking about? The price says she doesn't leave by those three, but she leaves by physical maturity. And what is the case? The case is where she got married, so she needs to get. So if she needs to get. Why is she leaving at the age of 12? What's going on? The answer is no, this is how you're supposed to read it. If she didn't marry the guy, then she would leave even by physical maturity. So what the Bryson means is that if she married the guy, she doesn't leave unless it's a get. If she didn't marry the guy, then she even leaves due to physical maturity. Okay. If she married the guy, then she needs a get. If she didn't marry the guy, then she leaves even by physical maturity, she leaves. Now, we said the second aspect that's unique between male and females is that women cannot be sold twice. Men can be sold twice. Okay. So the Gemara says, "Mechlata evedivri nimkar venishna." The implication of the brisa is, "What do you mean by being sold twice?" Meaning, mean, I sell myself to you pay you off a debt for thousand dollars. I finish my six years. I'm like, "Let's go again." And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Or I'll, I'll give simply, a bezdin, bezdin needs to pay off his debts. Yeah, he's worth five hundred dollars, but he stole a thousand dollars. So bezdin will sell him once, and then after six years, we're like, "Let's go again." But a female slave cannot be sold twice. The second, because again, who's selling the female slave? Her dad. The second she gets sold, he loses his rights to sell it. Okay. Vohataniya. So you're telling me that a, a male slave could be sold twice. Wait a minute. The Bryce says, now the Bryce is referring to a selling a slave because he sinned to pay off his debts. Bezdin is selling. The Puzzle says so, that Bezdin will sell to pay off his theft. V'lo and not to pay off the kefal. Meaning, let's say, again, we know that if you stole $1,000 worth of merchandise, right, you have to pay kefal, which is 2000 yeah. What if he has $1,000 to his ma- name, but he doesn't have the extra 1000 to pay off kefal? They will not sell you to pay off kefal. They will only sell you to pay off the actual debt. Okay. Similarly, they will not sell you to pay off your Edom Zommin debt. We all know Edom Zommin is Edom that attempted, that he lied and they, they false they falsely witnessed they falsely testified so the case is where I testify against you that you owe him a thousand dollars I'm making it up so what happens I get punished I have to pay a thousand dollars but I can't they will not sell me into slavery to pay off my Adam Zoman debt because I didn't actually do anything that harmed you and the last one is Bigneva so they will sell him for, to pay off his theft once he sold once you can't sell him a second time oh. So you told me that, male, that men can be sold multiple times. Bryce clearly says not. So Ravah says, So Ravah says, it's very simple. You can't be sold twice for the same theft. You could be sold twice for multiple thefts. Meaning, I steal from you $1,000. I only am valued at $500. You can only sell me once. And the rest of it you just have to, whatever, whatever. But I steal from you 1000 And then I stole for you a thousand, I could be sold once to you and then once to you. So that's Rubba's take. So you could be sold multiple times, but not for the one theft. It's like double jeopardy for the first theft. You can't be punished twice for the first theft. But if I stole twice, I could be sold twice. Once per theft. Abayya doesn't like this. Abayya says, "Bigneva so mashma." You're telling me the word "bigneva so" means you can only be sold once—that's for one theft. "Bigneva so" implies multiple thefts, which implies you could be sold multiple times for multiple thefts. So, what's going on? So, Abaya's take is: Abayya says, "Like this, it depends how many people you stole from." Meaning, if you stole from one person, even if you stole multiple times, you're only going to be sold once. If you stole from multiple people. Then you could be sold multiple times. So according to Abayah, it's not how many thefts. You see, according to Rav, it's how many thefts. You can only be sold once for one theft. If, let's say, according to Rava, let's say, if I stole from, according to Rava, you can only be sold once for one theft, but twice for two thefts. So I'll give you an example. According to Rava, I stole from you twice, same person, I could be sold twice because it's multiple thefts. Abaya doesn't like that. Abaya says, no, no, I don't care about the amount of thefts. I care about the person. You can only be sold once per person you stole from. If I stole from two people, I can be sold twice. But if I stole from you, even if I stole ten times, once. So that's the subtle details between Abayah and Ravah. Okay. Now, the Gemara speaks it out. Ten HaBonon. Geni v'elef I stole an object from you worth a thousand, but I'm only worth 500. So if I could be sold twice, sell me twice. If not, not. So what does the opinion say? Nimkar v'chayze Nimkar. The Rabonon say, you sell them twice. You sell for six years, and then he does another six-year cycle because each time he's worth 500 But let's say, I stole an object worth 500 but I'm worth 1000 So do I work for three and a half years, three years and then stop? The answer is, no good. We, if you are more value than, than, this, than the theft, we're not going to make you... There's no thing of, of a half-sale. So we can't make you work for six years because you're worth too much. But we're also not going to sell you for half, so you just don't get sold at all. So if you do... So it has to be an exact... Not exact. It, it has to be that your value is less than the value of the item. Because, yes, the second part has to be exact, but the first part doesn't have to be exact. So it's not... It, you understand? The first part, right, I stole an item worth 1,000, I'm with 500. They sell me twice, even though it doesn't... But at least my value does not is not greater than the theft. Ravaleza disagrees. He says what my father said, and that is, it's got to be evil. You are only sold if the values add up. If you're worth 500 and the theft is 1,000, we're not selling you. If you're worth 1,000 and the theft is 500, we're not selling you. We are not selling you unless. Huh? No, I'm sure it's close enough. Listen, you know, if you go over to a guy and be like, listen, he sold 1,000 dollars from you, he's worth 900, would you take 900? Be like, I'll take 900. That's close. Close enough, Whatever, make it work. But the point is, according to Rav if it doesn't match up, we're not doing it. And the Gemara says, I'll prove it to you, Rav is right. Rav, In this area, I think Rav was correct. Why? Why is it? Everyone agrees that if the if the slave is worth a thousand, but he stole five hundred, we're not going to sell him. Why? Because the passage says, you sell him entirely. You don't sell half of him. You can't sell him for just three years. There's no such a thing. So so too, I think, that this should be a source for Avalazar, that if a person is worth a thousand, is worth five hundred, but he sold a thousand dollars worth, we're not going to sell him twice. Because it's, Because in essence, you're selling him to pay off half his debt. There's no such thing. The apostle says, sell him to pay off his debt. It's got to be all or nothing. Okay. Now, the last point of this b'raisa, before we get into a new discussion, is we said that we redeem a woman against his will, but we not redeem a male slave against his will. Now, who is the his? Is his the master, or is his her dad? So let's go with his is her master. Now, Savarav Ravah originally thought, Balkar Adun. It's talking about the master. So it means we will redeem the slave woman against the master's will. Which, by the way, is always funny. I mean, it's always against the master's will. You're redeeming her by paying cash. But it's actually a little strange, because think about it. If she's worth $1,000, yeah, and I pay her $1,000, then why is it against his will? He should be very happy to take the money. So the Gemara says, maybe it means, what does it mean that against his will? Maybe he has to take an IOU. We force the master to take an IOU to take a check, a, 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 a future dated check. The problem is, that doesn't make sense. I have a slave woman who's worth $1,000. You're the slave woman's dad, and you say to me, uh, I don't have the money, so I'm like, well, you're not getting her, but I have an IOU, and I think the rabbis force you to take. Why would the rabbis force me to take an IOU? I have a fully functioning slave. Uh, why should I have to take an IOU? The Gemara's Lotion is, to be I'm holding a gem. You want to give me pottery? Meaning, I have merchandise. Why should I, why should I have to take uh, an IOU? It doesn't make sense. Okay. What it means is, we force the father to redeem her, even if he doesn't want to. Meaning, let's say the father is very happy to have her be a slave. He's like, good, she's out of the house, I don't care. We force him to redeem her. Why? Because it is not a good look for the family to have a slave. So, therefore, we force him to redeem her. Yeah, so what do we care Huh? No, it's, 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 it's a bizarre thing for the rest of the family. So, now here's the kasha. So, that's what it means that we force the father to redeem her uh, because of Begam As opposed to a male slave, we do not force the family to redeem him. Why not? Right? If you're worried about Begam Meshbacha, that shouldn't you force, what's the difference? the Gemara says then why don't you force a male slave force the family members force the brothers, the cousins, the aunts and uncles to gather some money together meaning what's the difference between men and women in this regard you're forcing the father to redeem the daughter because of but you're not forcing the the, the male slaves relatives to redeem him so the Gemara says you know why I'll tell you why we're not going to force you to redeem the slave you want to know why? because he's just going to sell himself again every time he sells himself he gets $10,000 and then he becomes a slave this guy loves being a slave so I'm supposed to redeem him my family is supposed to redeem him you know what he's going to do the next day he's going to sell himself again so I'm not going to do that it's ridiculous so I say oh what about a woman over here also the father will sell her again the answer is this we just got finished saying a female slave cannot be sold twice meaning because a female slave cannot be sold twice, we're comfortable forcing you to redeem her because she's not going to do this again. He's not going to do this again. But the average slave, listen, if you reason, have. And the reason we don't sell her twice? That we're going to see. It's based on a puzzle. The father has no right to sell her a second time. Yes. Therefore, this is a one time deal. So there's no concern of him doing this again. I'll give you an example, by the way. You have a guy who's a drug addict or a gambler. He's got to pay off his debts. Every time he sells himself, he gets $10,000 he puts in his pocket. So he sells himself, he'll be a slave. My family forces, the, the family is forced to redeem him. You know what he does the next day? Does drugs, gambles, sells himself again. That's ridiculous. But a female slave who can't be sold twice, so fine, we'll force you to redeem it because it's a one-time deal. But a male slave who could be sold multiple times, it's, it's going to be a male life. Now, we, we just got finished saying that a, a female slave cannot be sold twice, meaning a father does not have the right to sell her twice. Her money. Who is the author of this? The truth is, it is a machlokas tanayim, whether a father can sell her twice. It follows the view of Rav Shimon. the Brisa says, Okay, let me explain. A father has the rights to sell her as a slave, and then he has the rights also to marry her off, either through regular Kedushin or through yiyud. Yeah. The question is, does a father have multiple rights to do this? Can you marry her off twice? Now, uh, let me explain. Once she has Nisuin. For sure not. Once a girl has a and she's out of the father's jurisdiction, under bat mitzvah. But let's say she just had kadushin. You marry her off, kadushin. You accept kadushin for when she's 11. Then her fiancé gets hit by a bus. So she's back to your house. Can you makabal kadushin again? Is there kadushin after kadushin? Does the father have the rights? Similar with slavery. I sell her as a slave. Can I sell her again? Can I sell her a slave? And then her master dies. Then can I marry her off? Or I marry her off and then her fiancé dies. Can I sell her as a slave? Is there slave after slave, kedushin after kedushin, after slave, slave after kedushin? Like, what's the deal? So this is the halacha. Adam bita A person can marry off his daughter multiple times. Again, no nisuin. Once it's nisuin, he's out. But kedushin, and then the fiancé dies, kedushin again. Fiancé dies, kedushin again. You can do it as many times before, before 12 and a half. is And you could also sell her as a slave twice. This is not the view that we had before. This, according to this view, you could sell her as a slave twice. So you sell her as a slave, then the master dies. You sell her again. Leishas acher you could sell her a slave, and then after a master dies, you can marry her off. The only thing you cannot do is lo shifchos Once you marry her off, you can't sell her a slave anymore. That's the only thing you can't do. So according to this opinion, which we'll see, I believe is Rav Akiva, the only thing you cannot do is once she is once you marry her off and then her fiancé dies, you cannot make her a slave. That's the only thing you can't do. Comes Rav Shimon, Rav Shemin, Rav Shimon says, you can't sell her twice either. So according to Rav Shimon, you can't sell her twice. According to the first opinion, you could sell her twice, you just can't sell her after Kedushan. What's the Mechlegus about? The pasuk says, the honey It's really the father mecholegas tanoi. Tanya, the the Brisa says, ba." You don't have the power to sell her. Bivigday ba. Go to the next page. What does ba mean? So, how do you translate bevigdoi ba? So, the first opinion, <coughs> Rav translates bevigdoi ba from Eloshen beged, that once you marry her off and put the the, the what do you call it the veil on her bevigdoi ba once the, the master did yiud, right? We're, we're assuming it's Yiyud, meaning once she, he did yiud, and when he married her, you can't sell her anymore. So this is the opinion that after Kedushin, you can't sell her. That's B'vigdaibah, and that's the first opinion from the Raisa before. That's Rav because he translates B'vigdaibah from a Lashon of a Beged. Rav Lazar says, no, it's B'bogdaibah. Bebogda means rebellion, meaning once you rebelled against your daughter once, you can't do it twice. What's a rebellion against a daughter? Selling her as a slave. Once you rebelled against her by selling her as a slave, then you can't sell her twice. So according to the second opinion, you can't sell her twice. It like that, no, it's be- just the Pasuk says that's a one-time disgrace you could do for her. You can't do it a second time. ba. once you betrayed her by selling her, so, the first opinion is that's bibigdai from Melushin Kedushin, that after Kedushin you can't sell her. And the Revelazar says, no, it's bibugdai from Melushin betrayal. Once you betrayed her, then you can't sell her a second time. Does this go back to the reason from before? Just grab some water. Yeah. So, it's not that this is more embarrassing her. Huh. But, yeah, it's a similar concept. Sorry, I just grab sort of some water. Hold huh? on So the point is, it's a machlokes, Rav Olozar and Rav Akiva, whether Bebigda is a lashon kedushin or Bebagda from a of slavery. So the Gemara says, what is the Machlokis about? Mikey Miflegi, Rav Elazar says Yeshim le'Masores, Rav Akiva says Yeshim le'Mikra. This is this is a Shailan general. When you have a word that's written one way but could be read another way, do you go by the way it's written or the way it's read? Rav says, You go by the way it's written. The way it's written could be read as "bogdai." Bagdai means betrayal. But how does the Balkara read it? Bigdai. So Rav Akiva goes with the way it's written. What does Rav hold? Because Akiva Rishim, goes the way, that it's spoken. the way it's I'm sorry, the way that it's read. I apologize. So Rav Lazar, it's the way it's written. Rav Akiva it's the way it's read. So the way it's written implies no sale after sale. The way it's read implies no sale after Kedushin. Then you have Rav Shimon who says both are Asr. Right? Rav Shimon says you can't do either. Why? Rav Shimon goes by both. He says you have to take both into account. You have to take the way it's written and the way it's read, and therefore both are aser. Okay. Now here's the Gemara's kasha, and this will take us to the end of the daf. It's one chashbin. It'll take us a few minutes. We'll run through it. Again, there's a concept called yiyud. Again, yiyud means the master goes over to the woman, the slave, and he says, You are married, you are to me, you are bound to me with the money that I paid for you. Okay? Here's the question. Is that Kadushin or Nasun? It's already out of the box because you're not actually giving her money. So the question is, does that just make a kadushin or are they married fully? Like even a Chuppah. The question is: Is yud the equivalent of kedushin, or is yud kedushin and nisuin? The Gemara says, Does yud complete the marriage process, or does it just do kedushin? What's the nafkamina? Nafkamina liyarishalatam liharfedin dereha. The naf-gamina is either fully married after he does Yiud and then he doesn't do anything else, and then she dies. Does he get her inheritance? If he's a Kayan, can he go to her funeral? Does, can he be made for her Nadarim alone? Again, is it a full marriage or just kedushin? So, my, what is the halacha? So, Tashimah. Rav Akiva said that once you put a talis over her, meaning Yiyud, once you did yud, you can't sell her anymore. Okay, what does that tell you? That implies that after you after you did yud, and then the master dies, you can't sell her anymore because of but you can marry her off. Now what's the halacha? The halacha is that once a, once a girl does nesuin, the father has no more jurisdiction. The implication is that after Yiyud, after Yiyud, the, the father cannot sell her a second time, but he could marry her off. Oh, it must be that Yud makes Kedushin. Because if Yiud makes nesuin, then once you do Yiyud, then that's it. She's out of your jurisdiction for everything, not just for sales, but for Kedushan also. The implication of the price says the father's rights are restricted after Yehud that he can no longer sell her as a slave, but he could marry her off. So what does that tell you? If yud makes Nesuin, then why could the father marry her off after Yehud? Kiva Ninis is but Once a daughter has Nesuin, the father's jurisdiction is completely removed. And Lalav, it must be the fact that the Pasuk implies that after Big which we're saying is marriage, which we're assuming is Yud, after Yud, the father has the rights to marry her off, that implies that Yud must make Kedushin only. erisinosa. So the Gemara says no. Your whole assumption was that this posseg is talking about Yehud. The Posik says marriage. We thought it was Yehud. And the implication is that after Yehud, you could still marry her off. Oh, it must be Yehud makes Kedushin. How do you know it's Yehud? Maybe it's Stam Kedushin. Big de means just means marriage. Who says it's Kadushin? Who says it's Yehud? Maybe it's Stam Kedushin. What the pasuk is saying is that after after you marry her off to someone, you can't sell her anymore. So how do you know it's talking about Yehud? Maybe it's not talking about yid at all. It's tam kedushin. After kedushin, you can't mar- you can't sell her. And we had before that that this follows the view of of Rav Kiva that once you marry her off, you can't sell her anymore. <speaking in Hebrew> this pasuk is not referring to yid, and therefore there's no source about yid at all. It's talking about kedushin. <speaking in Hebrew> this is what the pasuk means to say. Kiva <speaking in Hebrew> once you marry her off to her husband, <speaking in Hebrew> you can't sell her anymore. So we're still trying to figure out what is Yir. Does Yir Kedushin or Nesun? So here's here's the basic flow. It's going to be one just flow. Tashimah. Ein meichor lekroivim. The halacha is, a father cannot sell his daughter to a relative. Why? You want to sell your daughter to her brother. Why can't you do that? Because yud means that he, she can marry the master, and obviously she can't marry her brother. So the fact that yud is not possible means that the sale is not valid. So you can't sell her to a chayvekrisus because then yud is not possible. Yud has to be a possibility. Okay. <speaking in> Reb <Hebrew> Lazar says it's fine. Yud is not uh, essential to make a sale. Fine. The Now here's the key. <speaking in Hebrew> the halacha is. That if the girl is an almana, you could sell her to a kain gadol. Why? I ah, you can't marry her. The answer is kadushin is typhus. Kadushin is still typhus. You're not allowed to marry the kain gadol, but if you did, it works. So because yiud is technically a possibility, it's a good sale. Now, here's the riddle. How do you have a girl that's an almana that's being sold by her dad? Mm-hmm. That's the key. The b'risa says that you could sell your daughter who's an almana to a kain gadol. And it's not a problem because if he does marry her, kadushin is typhus. How is she in Almana and how are you selling her? Right. Now, you can answer very simply, and you could say this follows Elazar because Elazar says that you could sell a woman after you marry her off. But the Gemara wants to make this work with Rav Kiva, and according to Rav Kiva, once you marry her off, it's too late. So, how is, how, how is she in Almana? So the Gemara says, let's speak this out. How is she a widow? Now, maybe the case is she married herself, meaning she just took ma- money without her father's consent. The problem is she's not married. That's like a joke, right? If you have a 10-year-old girl who goes over to a guy and the guy gives her a ring and says, I and the girl says, Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. The Allah is, is she married at all? No. You wouldn't call her an almana. It's not Kadusha, it's not typhus. You need the father's consent. Almana Kari Lai. Shavia. Oh, it must be very simply. The father married her off, then her husband died, and then he sold her. But wait a minute. How could he sell her? I thought this follows the view of Rav Akiva. You cannot sell your daughter after you marry her off. So if you married her off, basically, in other words, how are you selling a widow? A widow means she got married already. She only got married because of you. You married her off. If you married her off, you can't sell her anymore. So it's a catch. It's like a riddle. So Gemara says, here's the answer. Very clever. Here's the answer. The case is like this. You sold her as a slave when she's 10 years old. The master did Yiyud. Then the master died. You could sell her. Why? It follows the view of Rav Yosibar Yud. Let me ask you a uh, Akasha. It's a hakira, as we'll see in tomorrow's daf, How does Yiyud work? Where is the Kesev Kedushin, right? There's no of Kedushin, right? There's no kesef kadushin. So, how does it work? So, there's a Shailah. There's two options. Either it works that the kesef that he paid the father two years ago is the kesef kadushin, or that's not Raviyazi Behud's take. Raviyazi Behud's opinion is there is no kesef kadushin. You know what it is? He's freeing her. Right? When he says to her, Will you be my wife? You know what he's also saying? You're not a slave anymore. That's a hana, that's a benefit. That she gets, right? That's, that's pretty sweet that you're not to be a slave. You marry, she marries the master with the benefit of not being a slave anymore. But you know what's unique about it? According to Rabbi Yisrael, if that's the case, then she is receiving the Kedushin, not her dad. So the reason why he can marry her off after she's an almana is because he, he sold her once. Then she did yield. Yud does not. Ye-ud is not accepting money from the dad. Yiud is marrying her off right now. It's a very rare case. The money it's not. There's no money. It's that he's freeing her, and she's marrying with the benefit of being free. So it's an example of a katana under bat mitzvah accepting kedushin on her own, not through her dad. It's actually a very rare thing because normally it has to go through the father, but it's not going through the father. The only case of kedushin is you telling her you're free. Will you marry me with the benefit of being free? The answer is yes. So, because he never married her off, he could sell her. Okay, that avoids the problems. Here's the issue, though: if Yud makes Nisuin, if Yud makes Nesu'in, then again, he is selling her after she's an Amana. Why? Because technically, the first marriage was Yud. Yud went through her, not through her dad. Mm-hmm. But if Yud makes Nisuin, he can't sell her ever. Right? He can't sell her after Kedushin but he definitely can't sell her after Nisun. So the Gemara says, Ve'i amret Aisa, now if you say, that, again, the case was that she had Yud and then he sells her. Ve'i Aisa, wait, if there is, if is nisuin, Very simply, cut everything out, make it very simple. The case is where she had Yud and then he's selling her. If Yud is Nisun, there's no selling after Nasun. There's no nothing after Nisun. She doesn't, the father loses all rights. So it must be it's Kedushin. Wait a minute. Even if it's Kedushin, I don't understand. Once the father sells her, and once the father has Kedushin, I thought you can't sell her anymore. So what do you answer? The answer is, I told you that loophole before. The loophole is, it's technically not through the father. It's through her. So if that's the case, maybe it's also Nesuin. And maybe this type of Nesuin is different. Meaning, once you already are Merkabal Kedushin, according to our Akiva, you can't sell her anymore. So how does that work? The answer is, Yir is is an exception. The Gemara says, but if Yud is Nesuin, after Nesuin you can't sell her either. The answer is, oh, it must be Kedushin. Even if it's Kedushin, it still doesn't work. What's the answer? There's a loophole. Once there's a loophole, and you say that Yehud is a different form of Kedushin, because it's not going through the Father, then maybe Yehud can actually be Nesuin. And maybe this type of Nesuin is different. The Gemara says, Elamai, what do you, what do you suggest? Eiris and I said, really Yehud makes Kedushin. But wait a minute, Shavon Shemecher, why are you allowed to sell her? I thought you can't sell after Kedushin. So even if Yud is Kedushin, why are you able to sell? What's the answer, my Yisrael you have to say, Shani Eir Sin Tadam, Eir the answer is that Yud is different because it's not going through the father, so maybe you could marry her off because it didn't go through the father. If that's the case that you're telling me, basically, that Yud is an exception, then, Aphilutayma <laughs> also. Perhaps Yud actually makes Nasun and Shani Nasun de and Nasun Aviyah. Maybe that form of Nasun is different. Meaning, we thought the kasha, the proof was that after Yud you could sell her, but wait, after Nasun you definitely can't sell her. So the answer is it must be a mixed Kadushin. Even after Kadushin you can't sell her. What's the answer? Yud is a different form of Kadushin. So maybe Yud is Nasun, but it's a different form of Nasun. What does that mean that's, that it's a different form of Because it's not going through the Father. Every other time a girl under bat mitzvah gets married, the money is going to the dad. This is different because it's not, it's not that the money that he sold is actually marrying her off. It's that he's going to the girl directly and saying, you're free, and the benefit of you being free, I'm going to marry you. And it magically works. So it's exception because it's the only form of kedushin that's not going through the dad under bat mitzvah. So maybe would actually makes nisuin, And it's also, a, it's the only, it's a different type of nisuin. So Gemara like says, no. Hi mai mishani. It doesn't make sense. I understand if it's if it's kedushin, I get it. It's a different form of kedushin. The money's not going through the debt. But nesu'in, the sevara is that by nesu'in, the, 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 the father she's left the father's jurisdiction. What does it matter? What does it matter how? By kedushin, I get it. The father cannot once he's Makabla kedushin. Once he takes money from her, he can't sell it. But You say over here, he never took the money, so it's a technicality. Nesuin means that once she marries another man, she's another man's property. She's no longer her husband's, the father's, sheichas, sheichas the father. What is the matter of how yud works or not? Nesuin is definitely out. So the fact that yud works means it must not be Nesuin. Now, this is again, so we've had a proof just to end with this. We've had a proof that according to Rav Yahusi Bar Yehuda, that the money does not go through the dad, it actually goes through the girl. So it must be that Yehud makes Kedushin. The problem is, as we'll see in today's daaf, Rav Nahim Yitzchak, tomorrow's daaf, Rav Bar Yitzchak holds that according to Rav Yehuda, the money actually does go through the dad. Meaning, the way it works by Yehud is that the money of the sale is the Kedushin. So according to him, how do you? How are you able to marry to sell her as a slave after Yud? Yud makes kedushin. A reg, it's regular kedushin. It's no longer an exception. If it's no longer an exception, then how are you able to sell her? The answer is <laughs> it follows Rav Lazar, who holds that you could sell a woman after kedushin. Meaning, this entire sugya has been. Under the assumption that you cannot sell her after yield and you can't sell her after condition. So, how does it work? It must be it's an exception. Yud is condition, not an The answer it follows Rav a You're allowed to sell a girl after condition. So, yield makes condition, but you could sell her afterwards. I'm assuming in this case over here. Uh- Stop it.